Well, greetings to you in Jesus' name this morning. It's been a once in a lifetime for me to not go to church for over a month. And I feel like it's probably been that way for many of you. And I've been very ready to, to come back. And it's been a it's been a time that I have reflected on the value of church. And I hope that I can maintain the feeling of desire for church that I've had this past these past months as we go back into attending church regularly. For the message this morning, God's been taking me on a bit of a journey recently, and I want to share a little bit of that journey with you this morning. It's been as 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 it usually is, as it always is when God takes you on a journey, it's been challenging. But it's also been a blessing. It's been affirming to me in thinking about my faith. About two weeks ago, our family decided to try something. Uh, we decided we were going to have a World Awareness Week, and we were going to eat for five days. We were going to eat rice and just rice and beans. And so we embarked on that. And three of those days we called second world days. And so we added some tortillas and some garden vegetables. And one day we had, we caught some fish. And so we had some fish, um, along with our rice and beans. Uh, But two of the days we did two days in a row, we called third world days. And those days we only had two meals And we pretty much just ate rice and beans those two days. And, you know, you can get filled up on rice and beans. And a couple hours later, you wonder if you even ate. At least that's the way it was for us. It was for me. And uh, I think maybe even more so for a couple young growing boys. Um, But um, that was that was a very interesting experience. And we should probably do it again sometime. But at some point during the week. I was hungry and I was in the kitchen and I was thinking about the fact that, you know, I could be eating something besides rice and beans right now. And one of the boys was complaining about how hungry he was, maybe even using a starving terms. Um, and so I was thinking about this and God gave me a response or a thought in relation to that. And I want to come back to that at the end of the message. Um, the, the next thing I want to share with you is, is another thing that's happened in, in the past two weeks. And I share this with you with his permission. So there was, there's a, there's a man named Noah that I've related to some. And um, he grew up as a young child. He heard about God in, in Sunday school and I think sporadic church attendance, uh, but he never learned to know God personally. And then as a young man, he came into connection with uh, demonic, the demonic world and that influenced his life and as a young adult and he went down a spiral of alcohol and drugs and 
violence and um, got married. And then at some point, I don't know where that was in his experience, but he, him and his wife had a meeting with God. And about a year and a half ago, they really started to get serious about their Christian experience. And that's when I first learned to know him. And Noah's about my age. And um, so I, I had contact with him. I learned to know him, had contact with him. And some other brothers did it well, did as well. And it was through our, it was through the gospel billboards that CAM puts up. And we spent between, between the team, the billboard team, we spent hours, we invested hours in this man where we talked to him. I personally talked to him for several hours um, over the course of just a couple weeks and, and many hours over, over the course of a couple months. And I, I probably wasn't the one the one that talked to him the most. I mean, he was calling multiple times a day and spending an hour or more with each person that he talked to. And um, so anyway, there's a lot of time invested in this man. And over the time, I just remember thinking about how much I wished he could succeed, how much I wished that he could find victory in his Christian experience. And, and unfortunately, he, he kind of reacted to some things and and kind of opened up his life and kind of went back down the same trail that he'd gone before. He he turned his back on on the men who were working with him and, and trying to encourage him. And we didn't hear from him for a while. And about a week and a half ago, he was in jail. And that was a tremendous wake up call for him. And so he called back in again. And a couple of days after he called back, started calling back in, uh, he got me on the line and we talked together. And he told me, he said, I've, God, is t- God was telling me this is your last chance. And I mean, he was he is really, really serious about his Christian experience right now. Um, and. Uh, I've been thinking about that, too. I've been thinking about how I feel about that, how I feel about the time invested and how I feel about him. And that's another story that I want to come back to at the end of the message. Then there's one more thing that I've been thinking about recently, and that's a song that some of the children have been singing. And uh, it's a song about... Abraham taking Isaac up the mountain uh, to sacrifice him. And it talks about the burden that trip up the mountain must have been for Abraham. As he walked up that mountain, committed to doing God's will, and the, the difficult experience and the emotions and the fear and the uncertainty that he was probably dealing with, We know that he was doing that by faith. You can't help but, I don't know about you, but I'm stirred. Whenever I read that story, I'm stirred by that story. My emotions are are stirred 
by everything that's involved there, the difficulty of the spirit experience, the raw emotions, and that draws out feelings in our hearts whenever we hear a story like that. And the more closely we can identify with the story, whether it's through relationships or through um, with the characters of the story, you know, if we have a connection with somebody that's going through a tough time, the closer our connection is with that person, the more it affects us. Or whether it's through a shared experience, maybe we hear about someone who's going through something that we went through or we are going through at the same time, and that that stirs our emotions. But one of the emo- the emotion that I would describe my feeling for Abraham as he walked up that mountain is compassion. And the title of the message this morning is Moved with Compassion. And I would describe compassion as a mixture of, of love and mercy, a, a love, but also a desire for mercy. And as the, as the song goes through the story, it, it goes to the moment that's probably the most fraught with emotion as Abraham raised the knife to slay his son. It says this, a God of mercy stopped him and he said, I just wanted you to know exactly how it feels to watch the son you love walk up a lonely hill, to feel the pain inside as your heart breaks in your chest, to lose the very thing that you love the best. So now you've walked the walk, and I know you'll understand the price that must be paid to correct the sins of man. You'll know just how I feel when they walk him up that hill. I just wanted you to know. Now that song veers away from the biblical story because God didn't say that to Abraham, but it draws a parallel. And that parallel is the parallel between what Abraham did and what God did. Abraham was called to sacrifice his son and he carried out everything except God stopped him from killing his son, from sacrificing his son, but God himself went all the way and sacrificed his son. And I think that parallel could clearly be spoken to us today. God saying to us, I wanted you to know. What kind of emotion does the story of the cross draw from you? Because you see, we need more than just an idea. We need more than just a distant story. We need something that we can connect with. And the cross connects with us. Jesus suffered for us. He came and lived as a mortal human being, subject to pain and suffering and death. And what God provided for us in the cross is something we can identify with and something that draws us. But God looked at our lost condition and he was moved with compassion and he gave his son. That's what I want us to think about this morning, that God looked at where we were And he was moved with compassion. 
He did something. And that's what being moved with compassion is. It's more than just the feeling of love and mercy. But it's the acting out as well. When someone is moved with compassion, they don't just have the feelings, but they respond to, and there's an outflow of action that comes forth from those feelings. And the cross is a supreme example of the compassion of an almighty God for you and me. And God wants us to identify with that. The cross is also the answer to our lack of compassion. You see, the cross paid the price for our sin. And the root of sin is selfishness. And God's example of unselfish love for us is there to break the cycle of self-centeredness in our lives. What did Jesus say as he was suffering between his beating and as he walked towards the cross? As he carried his cross out of Jerusalem what did he say? He, he was talking to God who daughters of daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but for yourselves and for your children. What was Jesus's focus through his suffering, through his voluntary suffering. He wasn't suffering for himself. He wasn't suffering because he had sins that needed to be paid for. He was suffering because we sinned. And there was a price for that sin. But he was, his focus was not on himself. It was on others. It was unselfish. The cross shows us that love and mercy can only be demonstrated through unselfishness. By taking the way of Jesus, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. The cross calls us to unselfish love and mercy for others. I'd like to look at a couple of scriptures where Jesus was moved with compassion during his ministry and demonstrated this for us. And Jesus went out, and this, sorry, this is Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. I just have these scriptures to read, and then we're going to turn to some others. You can turn there now if you want to, but I'm going to be moving through them fairly quickly. Matthew 9, 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing their sick and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, and he will send forth labors into his harvest. Jesus was moved with compassion to call his disciples to prayer. 
Matthew 14, verse 13. And this is in the context of John the Baptist being killed. When Jesus heard it, he departed thence from the ship into a desert place apart. And when the people heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And so here was Jesus trying to take vacation, if you will, to trying to get apart and rest. And he saw a big group of people that were looking for him. And he was moved with compassion and he ministered to them. He healed their sick. He met their physical needs. Then in Luke 7, 12, and this doesn't say moved with compassion. It says he had compassion, but it's the same the same Greek word that's used in those other two passages. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and he was a widow, and, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he, deliver, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying, that a great prophet is risen among us, and that God hath visited his people. Jesus' display of compassion showed God having compassion on his people, visiting his people. Now I'd like to turn to three stories that Jesus told about compassion. The first one is about the compassion of God. Turn to Luke chapter 15. We're going to begin reading at verse 10. Luke chapter 15, verse 10. Likewise, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger man gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance on riotous living. And when he had spent all, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him unto the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And then he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, and had compassion, and that's the same Greek word again, and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am, not, am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now that his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. 
And he said to him, Thy brother has come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son has come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. And that is about the compassion of God for you and me, for sinners, for people who are lost. The next one is a story about how human compassion should relate to God's compassion. This is in Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verses 23 through 35. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which had taken account of his servants. When he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay his pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children and all they had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the, ser- but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desiredst me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every man his brother their trespasses. So Jesus is illustrating here that our compassion should be a reflection of the compassion that God has had on us. And then the, the third story is in Luke chapter 10. And this is about the compassion that we should have for those around us. All these are fairly familiar stories. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. And this is kind of the background for the story. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, 
this do, and thou shalt live. And he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and sent him on his, set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, He that shewed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. A call to have compassion on those around us. So now I want to go back to those two stories that I told at the beginning. First one about our World Awareness Week. We were hungry and we were eating just two meals a day. And we were thinking about how bad we had it. And I suddenly had a mental picture. What if this was my life? What if I was a father who all that I had to offer my child was just barely enough to keep them alive? Or maybe not even that much. And their hunger was a constant reminder of my inability to provide for them what they needed. And I felt a tremendous surge of compassion for both the parents and the children around the world who live that way every day. And that's their life. Noah reached back out to me because he was in a bad spot. His choices had taken him to a, to a place that was very difficult. He had done just what we had warned him not to do. It was a typical, I told you so type of moment. But he sent me a text, and this is what it said. I'm just a no-good, flesh-driven man. I hate my flesh. Can you please tell me where to read in the Bible? I give you my honest word. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give everything to him. Please help me to go to heaven, Philip. That's a soul crying out in need. And I was overwhelmed with a sense of compassion for this man. These two stories are about physical needs and spiritual needs. 
of people. And, you know, as I think about my life, I have been indescribably blessed in both of those areas, both physically and spiritually. And I felt compassion for the deep needs of both. But if it ends there, it will be incomplete in resolving the need. If God had simply felt compassion for us, but not been moved with compassion to give His Son, it would not have met the need that we had. And if I simply feel compassion, but am not moved with compassion, I will not meet the needs that are around me. I must be moved by compassion, moved to sacrifice unselfishly to meet those needs, to take my focus off of myself and follow the path of Jesus. The gist of the question that I felt like God was asking me is, is that the kind of person that you are, Philip? Are you a person of compassion? Not do you do compassionate things, but are you that kind of a person? Is that what your life is characterized by? Is that how you live? Is that who you are? That was a real challenge to me to draw closer to the example that God has given me of compassion and to be a person of compassion. May God help us to be people who are moved with compassion. God bless you.